Hi, and welcome to the Changing Perspectives podcast, the show where we discuss a variety of topics, including grief, parenting, health and wellness, and relationships. Join us and explore a number of changing perspectives. We're your hosts, Jenny and Josh Brennan. Hi, Jenny. Hello. What's happening? Um, not much. Not much. So this is kind of weird. I know. We had a little technical difficulty. We um, did. We still have technical we, Yes, one of our microphones broke just as we were about to record. Yep. But big shout out to Amazon because initially on their little chat feature, because I don't like to call people. No. So I chatted with Amazon as Josh was getting us set up with the um, the, the, the makeshift, the makeshift. microphone. Um, Let's they, be real. I'm wearing a gaming headset. <laughs> That's true. Let's be real. <laughs> Thank you to the boys, our aliens. That's true. Want to play? We could play Fortnite. After <laughs> we could this. play Fortnite. Um, we would not be very good. Amazon initially was like, "Well, you ordered that more than a month ago, so sorry." And I said, "Does Amazon only stand behind their products for one month?" And the lady oh. said, um, "No. In fact, we Snap. will issue you a full refund if you return it to us." So um, that's excellent. I will be making a trip to the mailbox soon. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Jenny. So yeah, here we are. Uh, this is episode 20, but we wanted to do something a little bit different because of the Memorial Day holiday. Shout out to all the veterans. Um, this is a this is a fun holiday. We all have cookouts and drink fun drinks, and this is the start of summer, but um, a lot of people sacrifice to bring us this day, so shout out to the veterans, right? Memorial Day. Yes. Um, you looked at me funny during that. Well, because you said but... Memorial Day is a fun holiday, and I find that kind of offensive. Well, that's what I'm saying. Got you. you. I understood where you went, yes. where you went yes. after that. Okay, I got it. Um, so we actually we're going to skip release. Normally Monday's a release day, but um, Happy Memorial Day to everybody. This is a special episode. Um, what we're calling, well, I think the name is kind of out there uh, to be determined. I, I kind of like pint size perspective. I don't know. if Jenny's good with that. Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Kind of dropping it on her, dropping it on her right now. Pint-sized perspective, basically a mini episode. Um, but what this means is you get three change of perspectives episodes this week. So we release our normally full-length <sighs> episode tomorrow. I'm very, I'm not. Tuesday. I have zero confidence that this is going to be a short episode. But go ahead. <laughs> Already, we're at like ten minutes. No, no two and a half. Okay. <laughs> um, no, this is a mini episode, pint-sized perspective. We're going to discuss. Um, a TV show, a quick, a quick review on a, on a TV show that we just started watching. Sure. And, um, I am, I have no notes. So, um, <laughs> I took a Josh, little bit of notes. Josh is leading the way here. So this is a, a pine size perspective, our first ever, and we're going to review the new Netflix series dead to me. Yes. So I guess spoilers if you haven't watched it, but a little bit, yeah, I we won't go into, I mean, actually we don't have a choice. We haven't finished watching the whole right, series. Right. So, yeah. Um, but it seems like this has taken off pretty quickly. I saw an ad for it because Netflix does this new thing now where you turn on Netflix and it, it shows you trailers automatically. Um, so I saw a trailer for this and it's called dead to me. And the trailer, I don't know if you saw it, Josh, um, was the scene where she's getting a casserole from her neighbor, which is oh, this very, yeah. very common scene that plays yep. out across the world when someone dies right. um people bring casseroles i say that all the time mm -hmm. like for the first couple of weeks there's casseroles everywhere so the neighbor brings a casserole and sort of does the whole like i'm so sorry i can't imagine what you're going through and then the character jen spins it and instead of saying oh thank you and sort of playing along says well it's as if your husband got hit violently and, and died a tragic death <laughs> um which is real right like that's real. what people who are right, grieving right. really kind of want to say in the moment like screw you mm -hmm. your words don't mean anything um and then it 
And so I thought that was, hmm, okay, this could be a show I could get into. They're yeah. going to sort of tackle grief and and maybe do it in a real way. So I sort of put it on the back of my mind. And then like three days later, it was all over social media. Yeah. Everyone I, I know was saying that they've binged it, they finished the series. And then every time we've gone to a party recently, someone there has asked if we've watched it. So, right. Well, we have to um, shout out our friends who um, are podcast listeners who have very, been very supportive on, on the show. Um, and said to us, you have to watch this. This reminded me of our, this reminded us of your podcast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so dead to me, you gotta give it to Netflix. Netflix is, uh, no joke. They can't fail. They seem to be just, be I think, hit. um, prime too. prime, whatever the prime network yeah. shows are too. We've watched a couple on that. Yeah. No, uh, Jack Ryan. That's a good, yeah, that's yeah. a good series. Um, uh, Mrs. Maisel. That's a good series. The Julia well. Roberts one. Was that a, Netflix Oh yeah. That's that prime. prime. That's yeah. prime. That was a great. That was a great Home, show. Homebound, Homeland. No. Nope. Home goings. That's those are funerals. We can look it up. I literally have two computers in front of That's me okay. with internet this access. Is a, this is a okay. Check out the uh, I, the home something. So dead to me. Um, created by Liz Feldman, who was the creator and writer for Two Broke Girls on CBS. We didn't really watch that, but that was a big hit. Um, Stars Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini, who I love from ER, as well as the Scooby-Doo movies. Jay. That's where I think of her from, is Scooby-Doo. Really? Mm-hmm. You don't think of ER? Mm-mm. Gigantic role in ER for years. I don't really years. remember her role in ER. I well, remember Scooby-Doo. My favorite role. She was Velma, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my favorite role of hers is, of course, what? You probably have no idea. For those that Velma don't know, in Scooby-Doo. <laughs> no. For those that don't know, I, I, I'm a human IMDb. It's this weird... Um, skill set that I can do nothing with. <laughs> yeah, but I just seem I recall what people are in, and I. You were wrong though about the I the was, lady grief therapist I in was, this. I don't, I think she's a fellow griever. I don't think she's. A no, I think she's. She seems like a co-facilitator. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. No, I got that wrong. It's it's rare, but but she was in an episode of ER. But I thought she was a different character. Okay. But I don't, I'm not I'm not wrong. All Sorry. The time. So, anyways, where do you know this lady from? Oh my God, she's she's Velma. Hawkeye's wife. Oh, that's true. She's in the MCU. That's she right. Plays, that's right. I uh, forgot. Clint, Clint's uh, wife. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but we love Linda Carter. She's a she's a great actress. Um, Guess your phone's not on my silent. Phone's, huh? I thought it was on. Uh, Do not disturb. Too. But Guess not. Anyway. Technical difficulties. Everybody knows I just got All right, some emails. So here we are. We're in. Uh, ten minutes in now. <laughs> uh, no, six minutes. Okay, so what is seconds. what is your point of this pint sized episode? You want to review it? I just want to review it and talk about um, our our initial reaction. We haven't finished it, the season yet. I think First, we're on episode four. Yeah, um, ten episodes. I think is the series. Produced by Will Ferrell, which is cool, and James McAvoy's in it, who I love. Very funny. Another Marvel movie shout out. Um, um, he's Cyclops. Sure, I totally but I loved knew him. that. We're gonna dive into Dead to Me in a second, but my favorite James McAvoy um, role is oh my god, the Disney movie live action princess. Oh, and they sing Enchanted. Uh, Enchanted. Oh, so good. Oh, he's, he's my the, he's that's my favorite that, role huh? for him. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, he's he's a great actor, but the, uh, so overall, our our James McAvoy. What's the matter with me, James Marsden? I was really wondering. So James who is James McAvoy? Well, James McAvoy is um, uh, Professor X. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it all comes back to comic book movies for me. I'm so sorry, James Marsden, if you're listening. That's not happening. But if you're listening, I apologize. James Marsden. All right. Okay. So uh, anyway, as... we I think are oh of course and um, amazing Ed Ed Asner. Um, who who's just awesome at, at the ripe old age of whatever he is. 
Um, but gut reaction, I love it so far. What do you love about it? I love the combination. I wrote some notes. Um, the combination of comedy, like the funny part of it, as well as the seriousness and, and the real raw depiction of grief. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty authentic. All of the characters, I think all of the characters' uh, depictions of grief is pretty spot on. So I was going to ask you, actually. Yeah. Um. Again, I'm sort of just talking off the cuff here. I don't have any notes because Josh, as we were like five minutes into episode four, he was like, we should do an episode on this. And I said, <laughs> okay, great. But I haven't been watching this with notes. So um, let's see what I can pull from my brain. Um, Starting, I guess, kind of from backwards, I guess, the kids. Yeah. Um, so she has two kids. And I think that the depiction of their grieving process is so spot on. So the younger one, I don't know how old he is. I'm guessing he's probably eight or nine ish yeah. um, elementary school. He's still got magical thinking. So we talked a few episodes yeah. ago about magical thinking in children. Great, great depiction of magical thinking. So he thinks that this bird, mm -hmm. um, that, that was my first note, but the bird scene, interesting, um, that the bird is his dad. Cause his dad used to come and, um, wake him up every morning and now this bird comes to the window and wakes him up every mm -hmm. morning and so he and his magical thinking brain think okay this is my dad very very common for children in that um sort of age developmental stage to think something like that right then we have the teenager who's 14 who is so such a classic teenager who kind of like thinks he knows more than his mom, but actually really does know more than his mom because so often kids do know more than we think they do. Yes. Um, very much like into his sort of gaming world. Right. Um, really kind of... Which is very consistent with a 14-year-old in the real world um, right now. And connected with his dad via gaming. Like they would, they would game together. We didn't find out about that until like the third episode right. or the end of the second episode, which is really sweet because he thought he was just like trying to distance himself from the grief and not think about his dad, not talk about it, but then realized why one of the reasons why he was just buried himself in his laptop is because that's how he connected with his dad. Yeah. And video. it was really, I wrote that too. really sweet that he kind of asks his mom to sort of take his dad's place in a way and, and yeah. learn how to play with him. He's like, I, I miss it. I'm, I want, I want dad to come back and play this game with me. Um, again and he said his laptop is right there if you ever want to learn how to play and she's yeah. like yeah that's not going to happen um but then she does but she does and i hope um, they develop that more um i mean we're again we're only four episodes yeah because she does and then it sort of becomes happens. a nothing another sort of plot, yeah, plot yeah, yeah, point yeah. there but it was a really kind of she missed an opportunity initially huge for a 14 year old to be asking a parent for connection she missed it she didn't really see the sort of uh, brevity of that yes. and how huge that was so i do hope they come back to that i don't know if and they we will. talked about that in our grief one of our episodes grief children's grief about how children grieve sporadically yes and um non-conventionally and also without there's no warning and without it being really clear right because mm -hmm. he wasn't like mom i this is really going to help my grieving process it right, was right. just this little like quick comment quick ask and it she missed it yeah she did eventually kind of go back and, and get it um and then the i think the first episode the younger son um is kind of laying in bed with his mom and he said he doesn't want her to go to work 
by herself the next day. He wants to go to work with her. He doesn't want to go to school. And she said, oh, it's time to go back to school. You know, you'll be okay alone, you know, because the parents' inclination is right, that right. like, oh, they're they're scared to be without me. And he sort of flips it and says, no, I, I don't want you to be alone, yeah. which is also really Powerful. accurate that these these children who are grieving, especially grieving the loss of a parent, can so often carry this burden of worry for the surviving parent. Yes. So I thought that was also spot on. Um, and then the 14-year-old at one point says, I'm the man of the house now, yeah, which also really happens so too. often yep. um, because that's typically the message society sends. And I love that the mom says, basically, where are you getting this patriarch patriarchal thinking from? Um and and she says, you're not. You're still a 14-year-old kid. I'm the mom. And I love that because yeah. that's what parents should really be saying. We shouldn't be perpetuating this message that if you are a teenage boy and your dad dies, that you're now the man of the house and you have to take his role. So I think with the kids, but the, they've done a really element, great job. Is there an element, though, of that being cathartic for him? Or? Yeah, it could be like a way that he connects with his dad. Yeah. Like, like the I, memory of his I dad. Got you, I got your role, right. dad. You know, right. I'm going to be like him. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. And so that's different if he's taking that on, I guess. Right. Um, but I still think that the surviving parents should be, or other adults should be saying to them, no, you don't have to. Right, right. Um, let's back up just for a second. I'm just going to read the, um, the series description if people aren't familiar with it. Dead to Me on Netflix. A series about a powerful friendship that blossoms between a tightly wound widow, Christina Applegate, and a free spirit with a shooting, with a shocking secret. Uh, and Linda Cardellini plays her, you know, the co-star. Um, basically, they meet each other sort of in a grief group. And I wanted to talk about that. The per- how is the portrayal of that grief group um, in, your, in your mind as a grief therapist? Um, let's see. Well, I mean, I, there's, there's comedic elements to it. There are. Which so helps with the whole point. I there, sort of feel like the male grief, uh, the, the facilitator, I don't, does he have a name? I don't know his name. Maybe uh, Greg? I, I think we Greg. watched it with the captioning, but I can't remember what yeah. his name was. Um, I feel like he's kind of a caricature of a grief, grief facilitator. Yeah. First of all, um, I think he is presented as if he's a clinician with training. Um, but he's sort of presented as like an over the top, like almost, um, almost patronizing. Yeah, with his sort of cheesy. support. Yeah, and then he he self shares, which um, is interesting timing because in my classes this week for. Uh, my graduate social work classes that I teach, we're talking about kind of professional use of self and when is it appropriate to share and disclose some personal details. Yeah. And I would say, and I want to now show this video in my groups class, my clinical groups class. Yeah. Um, that is not to me an appropriate um disclosure you know he shares this sort of horrifying story of his own grief process from years and years ago which clearly he hasn't resolved um which is kind of shocking and makes it all about him it doesn't do anything for the benefit of the group group so not i always get worried when i see depictions like this because i don't want people to think like oh my god that's what a grief group is i'm never going to go um it's not what a grief group should be doesn't mean that it's not what a grief group is sometimes. He, right, right. I think this clinician has some things to sort of pick up um, on in terms of professionalism. However, um, the depiction of sort of the group members I thought was really great that you've got all of these different people who maybe necessarily wouldn't come together in other situations in their life. You know, they're not very similar um, and they're all grieving, but grieving very differently. Yeah. And I do think it was kind of great when there's this scene where it's disclosed that um, Judy, the Linda Cardellini character, um, her grief is not quite 
her loss. She lies about her loss. And so it's different than what she we actually had lost, but we didn't. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, I guess if you're listening to this, you've listened, you've watched the show. So yeah, we're not spoiling things. Um, but so her loss actually is she suffered pretty multiple um, miscarriage losses, the most recent of which was post five months. So a very, yeah. very late term miscarriage. Um, and they depict her loss in a very her grief in a very real way. Yes. And I very love powerful, that scene. Yeah. And I love that the group members and the group facilitators made space for that and, and acknowledge that, you know, loss is loss, grief is grief. And and it's okay. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the loss of like a spouse or a significant other to, right. to be able to come to this group and get support. The group really, not the facilitators, but the group really kind of welcome her to stay despite lying and not being honest. So sort of the growth of the group too, in terms of how they come together is, is also pretty spot on. That's great. And I liked, uh, there was a scene, I wrote down a few quotes. Um, the second or third time we saw them in the group and they sat down and the conversation started with something else, um, you know, between uh, Jen and Judy and, and the facilitator and a couple others. And then Jen said, all right, okay, can we just talk about death? Right, right. <laughs> and I like that. I like that moment. It was like, okay, this is the point of this group. And that quote, like, just let's, let's just talk about death. Right. Right. Um, I also liked what she said um, in one scene where the character Jen said, grief does some weird S to people. Yeah, so true. That, yes. Yeah, that was like, and I wanted you to talk about that, like, um, you know, how that's depicted. Like, gr- people are grieving in different ways. Yeah, so everyone is grieving the loss of the same person. Well, not everyone. So Jen, her two boys, and we later find out um, her mother-in-law, mother-in-law, so her her deceased husband's mom. They're all grieving the loss of the same individual, but they're all grieving it in a very, very different way. And actually, the group facilitators encourage Jen to do something on her husband's birthday to memorialize him, yeah. which is a really great suggestion. Um, you know, I think people sometimes tend to feel like, oh, I, I don't want to. I shouldn't. It's weird. How am I going to celebrate his birthday? What am I going to sing happy birthday to a dead guy? Yeah. I think that's what she says. Yeah, exactly. Um, and really it can be quite powerful and and the facilitator shares sort of the balloon release thing which we've talked about before um and she sort of begrudgingly does it as sort of a way to kind of get back at her mother-in-law in in a way um but it ends up being this really powerful experience for all of them and i think it was filmed really beautifully too it really was the shot of them like on the ledge with these white balloons and they released the white balloons and you can kind of see the power behind it but also then the kids after the balloons are released say uh, is that it? Now what? Yeah. Is it over? Yeah. Um, and she's like, I think so. Um, yeah. So it's not this magical. Well, it's funny because he said I, the little boy said, "I was waiting for something magical to happen." Yeah. And and Jen said, "I don't think that's the type of day that says boo or something like yeah. that." Yeah. Um, but the moment where they released the balloons, so what I noticed in that in that video or that moment um, where the, the sun sort of shining down on their faces and the, and the youngest boy with his eyes closed, just really leaning into this, like, Oh my God, this is, I'm, I'm sending messages to dad. Yeah. Like, you could see is, how powerful that was yeah. for him as a kid. Right. And, and so they, um, rather than writing their messages on the balloon, 
which I liked, they wrote them on little slips of paper and then rolled them up and put them in a balloon. Then it means you have to have a helium machine. Um, But so your messages were completely private. So, you know, if you write them on a balloon, people might see what you're writing. Um, But if you roll them up on pieces of paper and put them in the balloon, then they're really private. And that, um, you know, you could kind of see everyone at first being like, oh, this is weird. But then they all kind of leaned into it and did it and had something to say. Um, What I really liked... um two was the depiction of the spaces where the decedents used to be. So you had the baby's room um in for Judy's Oh right, right. Loss yes. And how they couldn't bear to go in the room and they couldn't even look at the room. And then for um Christine Applegate's yeah. uh yeah the nursery. Christine Applegate's character Jen, her husband's uh, music studio. Right. And that's the guest house and, and, and all that stuff. Even, even a half, um, finished glass of water. Right. That was clearly his water. Like he must have had that the night he died or a couple of days before he died or something. Right. And I think it's been like a couple months since the death. And right. so she then like, it finally is able to go into this space that is so filled with him. Um, and she sees this glass of water and she smells it and then drinks from it. And, and like your initial reaction might be like horrified. Like that's dude, that's gross. That's been sitting there for yeah, like yeah. two months or maybe, maybe a month. I, I can't really remember what the time frame I is. I want to say five weeks. Um, also I will say that might be a little too soon to be into a grief group, but, um, but for purposes of the story, I think that's yeah, kind of yeah, how yeah. that had to go. Um, but she just desperately wanted to kind of feel close to him. So really accurate depiction of what someone who's going through a loss like that might be going through. Right. Well, I like it a lot. I can't wait to finish it. Um, it looks like it's getting all kinds of great reviews online to eight, uh, 8.3 stars out of 10 on IMDb. Um, I'm excited to, to finish it. Do you have anything else on it? Oh, well, we didn't talk about the mom. Oh yeah. Uh, so so. Oh yeah. Oh, I like this. Go ahead. I I know. I think I know where you're going with this. Oh, well, I don't even know where I'm going with it. Oh. I just want to talk about. <laughs> well, the way the, you mean, mother-in-law. The, the mother-in-law. Yeah, there's like this sort of competing grief between the mother-in-law, yes. so the mother of the dead guy and the wife of the dead guy, and clearly they didn't have a good relationship to begin with. There's before, a history there right. before the death, but now they're really kind of competing in grief, and um, you know, the mother, the mother-in-law says to Jen the widow um well you can get married again you can replace him he's my only son i can never replace him sort of that like my grief is bigger than yours and it does sometimes happen especially in families where there can be that sort of competing grief like mine is bigger than yours my loss was bigger than yours um and that's that's a real thing she then the mother brings out like a birthday cake for him and instead of saying like instead of recognizing that other people there her grandchildren her daughter-in-law are are suffering Mm -hmm. the birthday cake says like happy birthday to my baby boy not like dad husband ted and it's a picture of her and him (laughs) as a baby like very much that's her grief Mm -hmm. and and it sounds like she's probably sort of a, a narcissistic person in general right um so of course then in her grief she will be as well but she's just we could argue perhaps she's so grief-stricken that she just can't see 
other people's grief. Yeah. Like she just, she really believes like no one's grief is as, as big as mine. You know, the boys are going to grow up and get to have their lives. They'll get to, you know, get married and, and have their own kids and have their jobs and careers. They've got their life ahead of him. Um, my daughter-in-law can remarry. She's still really young. So they all can kind of replace that figure. I can never yeah. have another child. And so my grief is just so much bigger than everyone and it's else. So she obviously, well, maybe she did realize, I don't know. She may be an evil character. I don't think she is though, but I don't think she even realized what she said, the, the the severity of what she said. Basically, you can replace him. Right. Oh, no. Well, people say that yeah, all the time just, to people. That's that's sort that's of a rough. like, oh, well, you're you're young. You can have more kids or you're yeah. young. You can remarry kind of that stuff that I thought you were going to talk about the funeral scene and how um, different her grief was. Yeah. So then the mother and so the. The dead part, I think his name is Ted. Ted. So Ted's mom is sobbing and wailing at the funeral at the graveside. Um, and his wife, Jen, the widow, is very stoic um, and maybe just a little bit of, you know, tearing up. Mm -hmm. And so Jen feels that the mother-in-law really kind of put on a show. Um, she's, I think she calls it her best performance. Yeah. Um, and it, it may have been, or that might may just be how she grieves, right? I think we don't really know enough of this character just three episodes in they don't to know. be able to say. Just like the mother-in-law doesn't understand what it, what it's like to lose Ted as a husband, Jen doesn't understand what it's like to lose a child. Right. So it's you. Their 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 grief is competing with each other, but as we've learned before in previous episodes, there is no wrong way to grieve. There is no wrong way to grieve, and families don't grieve together. So it's also a beautiful thing that they're depicting this in this series is that they're all they've lost the same person, but they're all grieving it very, very differently. And they've all got kind of their own unresolved issues around that too. Yeah. So I would we like to it. keep watching. Yeah, yes. I encourage people to, to watch it and kind of think about it and talk about it with each other. I, I think it opens some pretty interesting doors around yeah. um, conversations around death and grief and loss. Well, listen, um, happy Memorial Day to everybody. Thank you for indulging me, Jenny, on this pint-sized perspective. I don't know if I want to call it that, but we'll see. I, I guess know. you guys will Mini find episode. out when, it, when, it's, <laughs> when it's up on iTunes yes. and it's lab labeled as something. Yeah, so that is going to do it for today, you guys. Thank you so much for checking out this tiny episode. Uh, you can learn more on this by going to Netflix and watching Dead to Me. All 10 episodes are available for streaming and for download, so check it out. Go ahead and follow us on Facebook at Changing Perspectives Podcast and on Instagram at Changing Perspective Blog. You can reach out to us on our website by going to changingperspectiveblog.com. Send us an email to changingpodcast at gmail.com. Go ahead, go ahead and subscribe. So you'll never miss an episode and we will see you next time. Say bye, Jenny. Bye, Jenny. The Changing Perspectives podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Dizzy Bird Studios, Whitman, Massachusetts. Visit Dizzy Bird Studios on Facebook, facebook.com slash dizzybirdstudios. Welcome to Cinemarts. If you have your tickets, take your seats. The show is about to begin. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Every week, Charlie Adams is joined by an array of nerdy podcasting co-hosts. Hey, Mom! The meatloaf! They discuss films and television from the past, present, and future. It's always something different on the slate. Life is a box of chocolates, Forrest.
You never know what you're gonna get. It's always kept fun, spirited, and they attempt to be entertaining. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. You can follow the Cinemarks on Twitter and Instagram at CinemarksPod. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cinemarks podcast is available on Wooshka, iTunes, Spotify, and most other podcasting platforms. We hope you enjoy the show. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.